don't give. All I gotta say is Porter can to another episode of Sounder Scuttlebutt. Yeah, yeah. Hosted by me, Aaron Lingley, and that is Cameron Collins. What's up, everybody? President. That song gets me hyped every time. Yeah, I mean, obviously I made it, but when I re-listen to the episodes, I'll listen to the whole thing just because. Oh, yeah. It is. It's a juicy one. So, um, yeah, unlike our last episode, which Sounders kind of forced our hand to... Uh, record right away <laughs> with five goals and yep. getting all excited. Here we go. The the offense we were looking for MLS look out. Uh, I'll just say it's been, it's we're recording on Thursday. <laughs> so that was our rush to the microphone. Uh, we'll get into the review of that match, but that's where we're at right now. We, we lost against Nashville, our home opener, our season opener, one, nothing, uh, kind of a gutting, a gutting, Gutting, yeah, um, it was good. Yeah, that works. A gutting one, nothing. Yeah, I was gutted um, afterwards for sure. Yeah, I, well, I I was at home, but that laptop, my laptop was shut right away. <laughs> I uh, went and got myself distracted. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but let's just do some general scuttlebutt, um, considering the world news and how it relates to the soccer ball. You are a Chelsea fan, yeah, uh, listeners. You probably know exactly where I'm going. So. Karen, what are your thoughts on Roman's Abramovich, his his statement? Yeah. He still owns the team, but his statement. Yeah, so, so. Uh, last uh, – well, there's been a little more that's come out since then, but uh, I, I'll first say I've been a Chelsea supporter since 1995. So really, really long time. Um, I was a supporter when they weren't good, and then he bought them and they got good. I mean, they had some okay days before him, but uh, it's it's a very complicated situation, I think, because of everything that's going on. And so uh, here's here's I'll just read the statement. How's that sound? Yeah. Uh, Abramovich said, Roman said, uh, I would like to address the speculation in media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea FC. As I've stated before, I have always taken decisions with the club's best interests at heart. In current situation, I have therefore taken the decision to sell the club, as I believe this is the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club's sponsors and partners. The sale of the club will not be fast-tracked, but will follow due process. I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. This has been never been about business nor money for me, but about pure passion for the game and club. Moreover, I've instructed my team to set up a charitable foundation where all net proceeds from the sale will be donated. The foundation will benefit uh, victim, all victims of the war in Ukraine. This includes providing critical funds towards the urgent and immediate needs of victims, as well as supporting the long-term work of recovery. Please know that this has been an incredibly difficult decision to make, and it pains me to part with the club in this manner. However, I do believe this is in the best interest of the club. I hope that I will be able to visit Stamford Bridge one last time to say goodbye to all of you in person. 
It has been a privilege of a lifetime to be part of Chelsea FC, and I'm proud of our joint achievements. Chelsea Football Club and its supporters will always be in my heart. Thank you, Roman. Roman. I don't so know. This is, we'll go with Roman. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the biggest sporting clubs in the world, mm-hmm. right? That's that's big, right? To sell and right. not top five clubs say, in the world. I, I first read it and was like, damn, that is incredible. Um, I've had conversations with uh, a buddy of mine that um, read a little bit deeper into it and, and then uh, stated that, that that statement about all victims of the war mm-hmm. and not specifically stating Ukrainians. And that can be uh, and they followed up received with in a lot of ways. Yeah, media, no, mm-hmm. media followed up with him and he repeated all victims. So he means both Ukrainian and Russian. Okay. But so how do you feel about that? <laughs> Cuz I feel a lot different. I it's and complicated, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> we don't want to go too far into the politics of it, but but it's right. never the people who are the people getting sent to war are the poor people who are being forced to do it. They're they're not usually the people that want to go to war. In fact, uh my understanding and this is from uh people my, you know, I'm following the war pretty closely on uh my regular uh political podcast, which is called Punk Rock Pariah with Grindel and Greg, which you can find at punkrockpariah.com. And we record live on Monday nights on KXSU LP Seattle 102.1 FM, or you can get it anywhere in the world at kxsu.org. We've been talking about this because Greg has a lot of friends in Ukraine and been talking to them on the ground. And, you know, there's soldiers that were being sent in from Russia who didn't even know they were going to war. They thought they were doing exercises. So uh, I think it's pretty complicated. and. There's probably and there's going to be innocent civilians hurt on all sides. So, I mean, ultimately, I'm not about states. I'm about people. And so I'm OK with people that are victims of the war, meaning those that are not uh, especially especially civilians being helped no matter what country they're from, because they're not the civilians are not the people doing this. Um, But I think. I think there's only so much he can do without getting murdered. <laughs> That's the other thing, right? He That's is, true. <laughs> he is a Russian oligarch. And this statement was, if you think about where it's coming from, this is a slap in the face of Putin. The fact that he was said he would help victims of the war and he called it a war. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that in and of itself was pretty brave and bold. Uh, and and what's behind all of this and the reason he has to sell is ultimately uh, the sanctions are coming against all the Russian oligarchs from the United States, from England. And basically the team would be seized from him, but because there would be no owner, they couldn't spend any money. They couldn't sign any contracts. And so all the players currently under contract would go away over time because their contracts would expire and then they wouldn't be able to sign anyone to replace them. So he's basically been put in the position where he has no choice but to sell the team because he was hoping that he was just going to be able to give it to the charitable foundation of the club mm-hmm. and then let them run it so that he could say, OK, look, I'm not involved. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, I think the government is saying no in England, in the United Kingdom. So uh, he has to divest himself from the club in order for Chelsea to keep existing because you can't run a team without being able to sign players or sign new contracts yeah. with the players you have. I think the other big thing in there 
is that he's not going to take his loans back. He's owned $1.5 billion from Chelsea. That's over the years he's given Chelsea $1.5 billion, that, he's, that it was a loan. And he's saying this loan will not need to be paid back. And in the end, uh, it will not be charged against whatever money is spent. So he's he's asking for $4 billion. It's The club is valued at $3 billion. They're thinking he might get $2 billion for the club, which if you think about it, he he's expecting to get that 1.5 billion back. So ultimately he's only getting $500,000 for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure he's not happy about it, but you know, he, he didn't, what are you going to do? His country started a war. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is a difficult situation and yes, a lot of people are criticizing him for wanting, saying he's going to help, uh, you know, all, all people that are hurt by the war, but I'd like to see what I think that that is. what you said is a good perspective though. I mean, I, yeah. I immediately am a, and my buddy also, he, he's, um, he's got good insight to that part of the world. His wife is Bulgarian. Um, her family's all over there. So, um, I listen to him when he speaks, especially if there's a conflict, he goes, yeah. he's, he, it's his, it's his wheelhouse. So, and he's just concerned about, you know, and again, we won't get too much into this, but I, I like your perspective because mine was, if it goes money goes to Russian sides, is that could it go to repar reparations that Russian would have to pay for because he is could be a puppet of of the Putin. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping. I I'm mean, hoping if he is, he, he's always said he's not. And if yeah, he is, I mean, they're going to say that you always have to be to a degree. But you know, like we've seen a lot of these, not a lot, many of these oligarchs, some for Gazprom, multiple times the runner, the person who ran the company has been murdered. Uh, so, um, I think if you're an oligarch, you have to be very careful what you do and say. So for me, seeing his statement, I don't think people understand the context of, of what that could mean, you know, like the people protesting in the streets in, in Moscow or like mm -hmm. with everything going on, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if no one spoke up in Russia because they don't want to get killed too. So, right. well, that's fair. Well, let's let's hope for the best. Crazy news, un, uh, unprecedented stuff. Really, I've never yeah. I mean, it, heard it's, anything like that? It shows you that war is bigger than just far away. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is happening on the other side of the world, but it's affecting one of the biggest soccer clubs in the world and, and sports and, teams in the world. Yeah, really. and could everyone knows Chelsea? You don't. And, I knew Chelsea before I followed soccer. Right. So. And who knows? You know, if they don't get the right owner, if they don't get someone who's willing to spend. That could be the end of their reign as one of the top clubs in the world. They could go back to being a middling, just trying to get that fifth spot again in the in the Premier League. Like they could be Tottenham. Ugh, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, you pissed someone off that you. That's a good friend of yours. <laughs> uh, Several of them. <laughs> sorry, Jackson. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, we can get. Uh, let's get a little more local. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hot topic about about the crest. You're. We're not gonna go too deep on what the team is thinking of doing or whatnot uh, because one you can't and two I don't know um, but I kind of do want to open the floor to you because everyone is throwing up all these uh, even even our, our bestie James is throwing up his best efforts at what would be some good ideas so maybe so maybe you can I'll let you take the line um, yeah yeah so I don't walk you into a dead end but yeah, uh, yeah the crest 
So, I mean, I think it's far bigger than the crest. Something that the Sounders are envisioning, and they talked about it at the opening of the new or the the ground unveiling and groundbreaking of the new training facility that we talked about that I was at before. Uh, we talked about it on the show, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we did our we did an episode, uh, we right did after, an yeah. episode yep. specifically about yep. it. You know, we've done so many episodes. It's, it's so uh, confusing. Kind of, yeah, I totally understand that you you lost place. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, so they talked about it there, and and this when they made the Sounders, they really just didn't like. I don't. They didn't even plan on naming it the Sounders, right? That was a write-in vote. So there was three options. I think it was like Alliance FC. I don't even remember Seattle what the other Republic. two. Seattle Republic, something like, something like yeah, yeah. And so they never planned on even naming it the Sounders and then Sounders won. And then they took Sounders FC to make it a little different. Um, But I think they didn't think about the history of the club at that time. You know, it was a, it was a major league club. And while Adrian Hanauer was coming up from the USL, uh, they, there was no intention before it got named the Sounders of tying it back to the history of soccer in the city. And what they have learned very quickly and what they now believe needs to be an important part of the club is that history. And and they've taken time over the last, you know, fifth, not not quite 15 years, what, 14 years? Uh, I think we're mm-hmm. in the 14th season now. Is that right? To, I think that sounds right. To start doing that. But I think that's kind of what this is about was, is the branding we currently have as a club the best branding for the club? Looking back now, instead of just as the team as it exists, but over those 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what they're looking at. And the one thing that, and I believe them when they say this, because I've had meetings with them at all levels from Alliance Council to um, little uh, groups of like a, a group where you're t- just talking about this stuff with them uh, to being at the press conference is that they're not going to change for the sake of changing. Mm-hmm. The only way they're going to change is if, it's something that they can get people behind and, and they're told that, that we need a change. So I think initially people are reticent to make changes, but then the more they think about it, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't do that other clubs can do. You know, our, uh, our crest maybe isn't the best shaped in terms of space. So anytime you use it, you know, there's gotta be a block of some sort or a circle and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of empty space there that you just can't do anything with which means it's not going to fit as well on stuff. I mean, even the audience obviously can't hear it, but look at the space of this LAFC badge versus our badge and how much bigger mm-hmm. theirs looks just because it's a little bit wider and box. Cameron is wearing a 2019 Western Conference Championship t-shirt. That's right, where I watched, I watched that uh, at um, bar over on Capitol Hill, German bar that I'm blanking on the name at the moment, sitting next to Ryan James House? Willard. Yes, at Ryan House sitting next to James Willard as Jackson and company did the pre and post game show from Ryan house. So that was, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, just looking at this and if you look at them side by side, Mm -hmm. you can see right now, like this has more space. It it appears more bold. And, uh, and then we saw the sounder at heart article that came out uh, Mm -hmm. in the last few days where they broke down, like the letters aren't consistent in, Sounders. I've never, I've like noticed and not noticed that. You know what right. I mean? Like it just never registered. It occurred to me that these like, little, this like, little a, this isn't serif. a font. This is like hand drawn. <laughs> so it's you know there. I think there's a lot to that, and there's always the question of the space needle. The space needle is a private right. trademark. It is. I mean, we think Seattle, we think space needle, right? But it mm. is a private trademark. It is not. 
a, a public uh, thing that anyone can just use and the, and the family yeah. that owns it enforces it. So I, I think that's, it's all part, like, does the space needle represent Seattle? Is it, is it on any of the other team logos? It's on the storms logo, but mm-hmm. I think that's it. Right. I mean, it's not on Seahawks. It was on some old Sounders logos. Kraken kind of uses it. Kraken does anchor. an alternate logo with the anchor. Yep. Right. And that, but that, and which is my favorite. Um, I love yeah, that, man. <laughs> that, that might be my favorite logo of any in Seattle. I, it but, might be my favorite logo of all time. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, it's just slick. And, but okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. But, and, but the Kraken I mean, a good to, example. All of, think about the Kraken has their primary crest, like primary crest, their secondary crest. And they can do all sorts of stuff with that. They can, from the name Kraken to Seattle Kraken to each of the crests, they have all that kind of merch. Right. We we can't do that. We only have this. Or we have the words inside of it, but the way they're written doesn't really show up good on anything. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing is if we're going to rebrand and it's an if, what if then it opens up all the stuff where we can get better merch? You know what I mean? Like we can use different assets from it where you like if it's because we can't use the space needle on anything. But we if we had a different logo inside that, maybe we could use that on stuff like the anchor for the for the Kraken. You know, if Seattle Sounders was written a different way, we could just write Seattle Sounders like on the old logos. So I'm not advocating necessarily for a change. I think it's up to the fans at large. But I do think we could get a lot cooler merch if we had a different crest. There's definitely a lot of positives to it. And I don't, my big thing is if, if the fans decide they want to do it and tell the club, yes, let's, let's do it. It needs to be an update, not a rebrand. That's my personal opinion. I don't, I don't. How would you, how would you describe or or like the difference between an update and and a rebrand? A rebrand would be like changing everything. And an update Mm -hmm. I think of is more like what the Seattle storm just did where they took their old logo, which was kind of Sonic centric. And then they made it more modern. So maybe there's a way, if it's not this logo, it's something close to it, color. Like, I would want the same colors. I don't even know what's being considered around that. But because to me, blue and green, or green and blue in this instance, is Seattle, with the exception of the Supersonics, mm-hmm. who were green and gold because of Washington State. Um, mm-hmm. But even the Kraken are blue. They don't have the green, but they're blue. So you got Seahawks, you got, you got rugby team uh, are blue sea and green. Wolves. Mariners are blue and green. Um, who knows what the new, I just heard there's a cricket team coming. James Willard mentioned that uh, a couple days ago and I've been watching cricket since then to try and learn about it. Yeah. I've been like avoiding trying to learn cricket for 33 years now. It's it's surprisingly easy if you watch it. Like I was, I've, I've never watched it while trying to understand it, but I, I had what James had sent and I read it as I was watching Basically, if you get a home run, it's worth six six runs. I saw that tweet, your guys' little tweet. Yeah, if you get like, a ground ball and it hits the outside wall, it's worth four runs. Or if it gets past the outfielders, it's just worth four runs. And then otherwise, it's just how many times they can run back and forth between the two bases. So, mm-hmm. like, it kind of makes sense. The one thing that's weird, and I know this is off tangent, is when you're sliding into the base, you don't have to touch it. There's a line you have to cross, and your bat has to go across it before they touch the wicket which is the three. So, so it's not even like your hand, it's the whole bat. You're running with the bat. What a, what an wow. Yeah. So it's bizarre. And, and they don't have, I asked about ERA. They don't have ERA. Cause I watched one woman in the world cup from 2017, give up a hundred runs in an inning. So <laughs> that was a pretty bad ERA. Yeah. That's a 900 ERA right there. <laughs> I don't even know if they play nine innings. I don't know, but, but you can wow. get it. So we'll have, well, anyway, we'll have cricket soon. 
And, yeah. and I imagine they'll probably Scuttlebutt be Green Cricket team. Podcast yeah. this time next year. Oh, we're on it. We're on it. <laughs> well, we, we we already have James Willard. That'll be easy. Right. So we'll just bring him on and he can use all the lingo that we don't know. Like there's just phrases that I am not sure what it means. See, I'd be more excited for the lingo than the actual right. sport. Probably right. I'd just sit there and get drunk around this weird circle, circle field and just start saying weird lingos. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the idea is we've, we've, we need to look to our past 50 years for what's going to be the next 50 years. And, uh, when it was first brought up, I don't like the idea, but I, I don't like change. But the more I think about it, the more I think about what other clubs do, the more I'm like, you know, this could be a positive thing if done right. But that's the key. It cannot be done wrong. It cannot be Salt Lake. It cannot be the first rebrand in Chicago. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's another rebrand out there that I'm missing that was not good. But, yeah, no, I think and I think the fact that, excuse me, that we're being that they're being so willing to be transparent and they have been willing to be right. transparent. I mean, hello, Alliance council. Right. Um, I think that is good for the fans to know that it's not going to be just a Chicago. Right? right. I mean, I don't know the details of how that came about, but that was a three-year-old drawing. So I think we'd be in safe hands. Should a, a update uh, yeah. occur. I mean, I think it all future. depends on who you're talking to and, and about. I know in Chicago, they largely blame Kyle Sheldon, who left Seattle and went to Chicago. Oh, he, he left and was doing filmmaking, I think, in between, uh, who used to be marketing here in Seattle. Um, my understanding is Sabotage. He, says, he says that he was not brought in until after the first one was done and he did the second one. And so then it would have been Nelson Rodriguez, who also is public enemy number. The two of them are public enemy numbers one and two in in Chicago and it basically destroyed their entire supporter culture. So we just need to avoid that whole thing altogether. <laughs> Well, they're spending a lot of money to get those people back or get some people back, I guess. Yeah, not those people. They are aiming for tech bros who will think that buying a $100 jersey is nice and and buy box seats at Wrigley, not Wrigley, um, the Bears Stadium. Soldier. Soldier Field for uh, for a few games because they'll make more money from them. Luckily, we have good owners, and Peter Tomazawa, the head of business for us, is amazing. He's He's basically the the Garth Lager way on the business side and absolutely open to ideas and believes that support for a team comes from the ground up, believes it comes from the supporters up to everyone else. So big shout out to him. I've been really impressed with him. Uh, if you, if you ever get a chance to see Peter talk, he's, he's pretty amazing. He's, I always said that he's like signing. It's like we signed it a designated player on the team, but he was <laughs> on the business side. That's cool. All right. Cool. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on to actual Sounders? Get away from the scuttlebutt a little bit. Are you? Not do that we that have wasn't to? about the Sounders, but do games, the to? matches. Are you sure? <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't have to. Uh, goodbye, everybody. And it was <laughs> that's it. Later, everybody. About a crest and a Russian oligarch. Um, no, we got it. We have to. We have to. Okay. Okay. Fine. We got to face reality here. Um, we can start with a positive, though. Would you like me? My yeah. my positives from that match. Yeah, uh, that was our third match that we played so far, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only goal we've given up, and I would say that the goal that we did give up was Ridic- a fluke. I mean, yeah, it was a fluke. With the, everyone the, was ball watching. Our fault. It was the defense's fault, right? And it wasn't like a fluky goal, and like it just happens. But uh, most of the match, I mean, we had them uh, offensively. We weren't really getting where I want, where I, what I 
was expecting after a five a five no win, but um, I didn't feel like we were going to lose at all, and I, I definitely felt like we had a goal in us. What were your general takeaways? Yeah, I mean, I don't think either team was necessarily goal dangerous. Um, they had a few more chances than we did. Uh, Mukhtar especially was just falling mm-hmm. out there. You could see he's the same player he was last year for Nashville. I think the closest to score was that Leo Chu shot near the end that mm-hmm. that just went over the top of the um, just barely, like an inch over the goal, and he had the goalie beat on that one. So. Yeah, other than their goal, which shouldn't have been a goal, it was just our defenders just sit around and watched. Uh, you know, I don't. I think I felt that it was we were going to leave their zero zero, and I know I I actually went and hung out with the roadies, the the Nashville away support after the game, and they felt the same way. Uh, what was interesting was they were in a torrential downpour on that field. So yeah, in the forty eight hours around that game, there was three point seven three inches of rain that fell. Normally in all of February, there's 3.76. So they had an entire month of rain in 24 hours. In one of and, our rainiest months. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was coming down during the game like hard. Like when it got there, it was only drizzling. But by the time the game started, it was coming down. So I think I that really noticed. That. I mean, I knew, but like watching on TV, it did. It wasn't, which rain isn't as pronounced on TV, but right. you usually see like, you know, we all remember that NYCFC game from what five years ago when they first came in, where there's literal pools on the field. Yeah, um, I mean Lumen's nothing like that. Obviously, it's, it's Seattle built, but mm-hmm. I didn't really really notice it as as much as obviously being dumped on. Yeah, on the TV yeah. you only really noticed it if they showed like Fry, like as after he would make a save or something, and then you'd see it like pouring behind him, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, I mean, it was really coming down, especially early on in the, the end of the game. So when that goal scored, they were getting just flooded. So the ball wasn't bouncing the right way. Players weren't being able to make the runs that they normally would. I think we saw a little more consistency f- from uh, Rusnak looking towards knowing where their players are going to be. But there was a lot of errant passes because it was just bouncing weird on the wet field. Yeah. So I, Plus, I do think it was an aberration. Right. Yeah, and plus we didn't have Ruidias. Right. Which, which we've had up until, you know, halftime of the And last who knows match. how long he'll be out. I mean, I'm just right, I'm so so it, there's no name for it other than strain right now, right? Yeah. Leg strain or calf strain or it's like Will Bruin had a strain and gave it to Ruidias cuz he's now ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so Oh, we got Will which, back. That's good cuz he was out yeah. last game. Yeah, last couple of games apparently. I didn't know that he was injured for the first one. Yeah, but so I, you know, it, it's rough. Uh, we missed Rui Diaz. We had no form. It felt like there's just no always missed Rui dangerous. Diaz. <laughs> yeah, so we hope that he can come back soon. But the the one stat that I read is the only, uh, I think Nash or they didn't play though. Uh, New England was the only team that was in Concacaf Champions League that won. And they didn't. They got a draw, I believe. Yeah. Oh, they, they draw, so draw. didn't lose. They were the only one that didn't yeah. lose. So the only one, the only CCL MLS teams that actually played, yeah, two legs, right? They yeah. all lost. They all right? lost last so that year. That did make me feel better. Last year, they also all lost. So this this is not a. I think coming off the high of the CCL, mm-hmm. and then and then coming back down to earth and having to play Nashville. Nashville's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Nashville is a top team. 
in the in the in the West. They were top team in the East. Now they're going to be a top. They're going to be fighting us for the number one seed. When they only lost four matches last year, yeah, right. So, so and we <laughs> talked about that before. So, yeah. So I'm I'm expecting uh, us to be a lot better, and maybe it's time to exact a little revenge against RSL for that playoff loss. That is a perfect segue, my friend, <laughs> because we're done. We're done with Nashville. Yes, great team. Um, now they're in our conference. Yeah, shout out to their they supporters. Supporters are so friendly, and I guarantee you, if if you go to the away game down there, they're going to welcome us with open arms. They've already said they're excited to see us come down there. So they are good people. My family's from Minnesota, but Ohio's. Or Nashville. No. Why, why was I thinking? Oh, I was thinking yellow crew. I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, I do that Tennessee. a lot, too. I've been confusing them because they're both yellow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then I uh, I digress because that has nothing to do with Tennessee. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, Midwesterners are nice. They're, oh, that's still true. All right. Technically, it's true. Midwesterners are nice. Um, okay. But, yeah, well, let's, let's move on to uh, a game, a match that we haven't lost or won yet. Uh Real Salt Lake that's happening just a couple days. So we'll be going to Rio Tinto, right? That'll be an earlier one. It'll be what, one, uh, three o'clock? Yeah. Tuning in, tuning into TV at three o'clock. All right. And they, uh, they haven't scored either in their first match of the season. So it looks like they were, they were nil nil at Houston. And obviously the, the story within the story, real snack. And then we, Freddie Juarez obviously was with us last year, right? But still, right. But to still- go from, you know, head coach to assistant coach for a rival team, you know, not Derby rival, but you know, a rival team, um, Western yeah. conference. That's, that's, a uh, something to snub at, but they, they had took, Rusnak they took five their best years. Player. Yeah. Their best player, their best player. They've probably, yeah. I, yeah. The best player they've ever had. And, um, and we took their scout who became their GM, who was the one who signed him too. So yeah. And Craig Weibel, who's now our, uh, uh, you know, right under Garth, our technical director. Whatever. So we should win. We, we should need to win, right? Here's the thing: is though their coach is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Pablo so. I don't even know who's, who's coaches. Pablo Mastriani, who's who? Oh yeah, duh. Colorado's old coach who took them mm-hmm. to their championship, who then come comes over and I mean they're they're hurting right in in Colorado that their star player is at their top. It'd be like it'd be like if Schmetzer went on to coach the Timbers. Mm, don't say that, man. I don't, Take that he back. Wouldn't, he wouldn't. I mean, do that. I know it's type of, yeah, but don't. Because of his that. history, he wouldn't do that. But still, I mean, and you know what's interesting? Uh, and this is neither here nor there because it's about Colorado. But I just thought about this because we were talking about, um, you know, our, our coach and stuff like that, and and people who played for other teams. That Chris Henderson, who used to be our top scout, who's now the GM in Miami, he was one of the star players in Colorado. And when I went back there last year, they had a scarf with Chris Henderson on it, which was pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. But anyway, so, RSL, they, they're always a tough team, especially at home. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been to Rio Tinto a couple times. Yet to really? Win. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been a long time, though. Uh, it was our first couple of seasons, I think, honestly, 2010. 15-hour uh, drive. That was fun. Left my wallet in Seattle, but found out just before the pass. <laughs> so we got to turn around. Uh, no one was happy with me. <laughs> but uh yeah so i've been there and the people are nice i, I, I really honestly not a big fan of the city um boring is my point i mean whatever but yeah kind of been a tough place for us to to have a 
a winning streak there. So maybe we should start that. They do have, it looks like a Venezuelan forward new this year, Sergio Cordova. Yeah. 24-year-old on loan from FC Augsburg. Interesting. So that'll be someone to look out for. But they definitely have, we know Krylak. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's... So, uh, I just keep going back to that that playoff game where we were the far better team. I was but trying to go. I was not, trying not to mention it. Could honestly, <laughs> could not score, and that's just the kind of team they've been. Um, but you know, this is the first time. Uh, let's see, Rusnak had. Uh, I'm reading 41 goals and 39 assists for them yeah. over 140 and appearances. 40 matches. Yeah, so that's that's he is pretty amazing that. I got to imagine going back is going to be so weird where, you know, uh, just going back to your old home is weird enough, but then like, and this is your first time, it's got to be pretty nerve wracking because he also has the pressure on, he did get an assist that we talked about second leg, but you know, the pressure is still on him to do well in Seattle. He hasn't, he hasn't flashed the way that we know he's going to yet just because he's still learning the team. And, and, you know, I think we didn't have, we're missing something like seven or eight players during spring spring training, whatever we call it in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we we've only played we we haven't played as a full team yet because we've had at least one or two players out every single game. So we, we, we JP's coming on and and Rui Diaz is now out, right? So yeah, yeah it's, he even with three full matches and in in preseason, he hasn't had <laughs> the normal pieces to be around him. That would make everyone, you know, the force multipliers, right? Yeah. So that's a good point. But I mean, but maybe this is it. It could be. I mean, so they they obviously have Krylak and the new guy you were talking about, uh, Sergio uh, Cordova, but uh, they're going to be missing Rubio Rubin, who had eight eight goals and five assists last year. So that's that's that's, and he's someone who's always kind of stood out uh, against the Sounders, and then. Uh, you know, Bobby Wood. Yeah, forgot about they that. Brought, they brought him in right at the end of uh, last year, so uh, or maybe it was like partway through. We played against them, but yeah, it's uh, he's okay. he's a good player. I, I feel yeah, like good. he was someone who always tried to break through in the national team, and I and he looked like he was going to, and then just just wouldn't couldn't. The young players just kept getting the better of him, but yeah, well, he's quality though. And then and then Ochoa is obviously hurt. Their goalie. Um, who all U.S. soccer fans love to hate since he decided no longer to play for the USA and switched to Mexico. But uh, is that right? Is that Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. But uh, their backup is no slouch either. Zach McMath, who was a former mm-hmm. top, top draft pick. Yeah, and if uh, we're not... I mean, if we're not getting shots on goal anyway, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So we better. Uh, this, this is a must win. I feel like this is a chance for us to shine against a team that is being rebuilt because they they lost their star player and uh, you know they they just it's not built in the image of their coach, and so right. the coach is finally getting a chance to build his team, Mastrani. Okay, yeah. So that, I mean, the opportunity is there. You're right. They're 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 trying to figure themselves out as well. We kind of, we know our identity as a, mm-hmm. as a whole, right? I feel, but we just haven't had the pieces, you know, in sync to get, to get the engine really right. revving. And I think 
part of that may have been last match we saw Sam Adeneron get his first start and just really struggled to the point where they moved him out to the wing not too far into the match and moved Jordan yeah. up to forward and then took him out at halftime. Sam out, not Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see if Will Bruin gets that start up front or if they just go with Freddie or they put Jordan up there right away. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but they clearly need to do something because they need someone who's going to be able to finish. Yeah. And I think that's the key. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to finish. That's the key. We need a, we need a nine. That's not Rui Diaz because he can't play. We need right. someone to actually shoot, make the defenders actually think that instead of just passing it around, because we're just, we're not unlocking anything right now. So um, that's just a bit concerning. What also is a little bit concerning as well in the, in the span starting on Saturday's match in Rio Tinto in six, six days and 21 hours, we will play as many matches as we've played so far. And it feels mm-hmm. like honest, it feels like it's been a month that we've been playing. It's really been a couple of weeks, but with injuries, we're, we also have a condensed schedule, right? We, yeah. Saturday, Tuesday, works, Saturday. Out, if, if we beat Leon, I think we end up with five matches in 15 days. Yeah, that would be it. So, <laughs> so that, that's insane. Not a good time to be hurt. Three days. No. Or luckily, it's, lose it's, one or two matches in the MLS because a draw is fine. Right. But you can't lose more I than mean, two in the CONCACAF. We're go, yeah, we're going to go all in in CONCACAF. I mean, we've seen it before. Other teams do this. You go in on a CONCACAF means that you're going to maybe not be putting your number one roster out for MLS. The idea is the MLS is a long season. And what did the Sounders do when they won the Supporter Shield? Didn't win the MLS Cup. What did they do when they won the MLS Cup? Didn't win the Supporter Shield. So it's, you know, you want you want the home playoff matches. But at the same time, if you're going all in of CONCACAF, you want to be that the first MLS team ever to make it not only for us because it makes you an international brand more than we already are mm-hmm. it it puts MLS on the map as being as big as Liga MX or they pronounce they've changed how they pronounce it now isn't it like Liga Mixy Mickeys or something like that well X is Equis Equis so they call it Mickeys that's how you pronounce Liga X in, in, okay. in Spanish yeah Equis but in English like Liga MX right? so yeah so Liga Mickeys in Mickeys it's because you're American. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> there's an I M and there's an X. I say Paris. I don't say Paris. I'm Paris. not going to Paris. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Liga Emekis. So uh, that's our goal, right? Is to be a bigger league than them. And we're not there contract-wise. We're not there roster depth-wise. But if we can get there talent-wise, mm-hmm. overall, then I think this is this could be a good step. So this, this could could be a huge opportunity and this ultimately maybe I mean it's the team we played in the in the league cup the final right? cup right league's yeah cup which final, yeah. was so awesome and it'll be interesting to see what happens too because in that game we took the lead and then got out coached mm-hmm. and like, this is two legs right this isn't us. a final this is, this is two legs yeah, so this, this will legs. be kind of cool to see Schmetzer get some revenge and right. some tactical revenge and see because I, I we trust in Schmetz for anything but I really know he knows his stuff. He knows the game. He knows the right, right. adjustments to make it eight times out of 10. What he does in the locker room mm-hmm. translates to the second half. And we see that's why we win. But I get, I, I'm all in for CONCACAF, uh, the champions league. I want us to win it all. Right. I, my only concern with a rough start, which we've had before and been just fine. Hello, 2016 
is the Western Conference, not just Nashville, is just is just strong right now. Right. Now there's Nashville to take away those wins that yep. we normally been able to eat. And but, when you get down to yeah. MLS decision day, right? That's a point matters. <laughs> it, I mean, we saw it last year as really we matter. backed into the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, with tie, tie, lost, lost tie or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. So last we, year tells us that we can't just rely on slow start and then pick it up, win the championship like we did in 2016. And then although last year we did have a fast start and then slowed down. It was that's the previous, what, that's all what I mean. previous years where we had the legendary second half, which was the best half season ever in MLS history. So that's what I, I mean. We can't rely yeah. on that because last year we did the opposite. So that the opposite can happen, which means we could lose all season. I'm already, I'm already digging a grave. Uh, you but. know, which is interesting because I, I picked us not to make the playoffs this year. If you had asked me a week before all the signings and then we did all the signings and we now oh. have the best starting roster in all of MLS. Okay, I was gonna get really mad at you. No, it's because like, we well we didn't have Russ Mack. We didn't have we yeah. did, we didn't have Freddie and and Bruin and Roe coming off the bench. Weren't we signed to. Uh, we I had feel no you. forwards because Rui Diaz hadn't. He was holding out, and we didn't know. I mean, Joe Paolo was on the team for sure, but we did renew him, and and we still don't know what's gonna happen with Nico. He hasn't played ninety minutes yet. He he subbed in at halftime of that first match, and then he started and got subbed out early in the second match. So. Yeah, but I, I feel like he's looked pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, uh, first match was like we talked about in episode. I've lost count. Uh, two was, you know, he looked, you know, rusty, obviously, as you'd expect. But after that, I mean, he he's definitely looked a lot better. Um, so yeah, and I, I think, think he is, and JP his, are going to be key for up. this match. Yeah. Can his knees hold up and for how long? I mean, he's not I don't think either of them are, are 90 minute match fit yet. Neither of them have played full ninety minutes, so we'll. Oh, we'll you talking about the players? I thought you were talking both of both of Nico's knees. Yeah, both of his knees. Yeah, they both probably knees. either. I don't know. The left one looks like it's about seventy five percent. The right one's maybe eighty three. No, I don't think you know. Start take, taking lefts more, Nico. Uh, yeah, so no, we'll, you're we'll right. See. I mean, and that's and that's bulldogs, a, that's not a knock on either of them. I think they just they didn't have preseasons, and and you know the same way some of the other players did. And it's going to take time for them to get up to full speed. Doesn't matter. We still we have a very deep roster. So I'm, I mean, Obed looking so good again against Nashville. Not quite the same degree as he was the two Motagua matches, but he held his own out there. He, I mean, he had well, a few errant passes, but it looked, you know. this match it looked like he was trying to. He was a little more aggressive, yep. which yep. causes a little more errant passes or right. you know poor decisions, right? Because you're mo- you're moving faster. Your brain's moving faster. You're moving forward. You're getting more aggressive. You have more defense coming at you. And that's so. the big thing from defiance to, ML- to MLS level is, and, and it's true in any sport from the minors to the majors, the game just speeds up so much. And so for him to make those passes that are a little bit airy and every once in a while is expected because he just doesn't have the sight and the, the vision to get his brain to go to that degree like he would otherwise. Which... He'll get there. He'll get there. Um, yeah, I'm so. really impressed with him, man. Uh, he he's going to be traveling all season with the team, at least he should, unless unless he drops off. And hopefully, uh, the little knock he got wasn't too too bad because you know, um, yeah, AOC he had okay. AOC had a pretty bad injury. Couldn't come back last year. He, like in full, he couldn't come back. He definitely came back and played a little bit, but it wasn't. But then we like ended up we sending AOC off to to. 
another team. We we loaned him away at some point last year, I think, which hopefully mm-hmm. worked, went well for him. Yeah, so so hopefully Obed is fine, and it looks like he he played it off. So, um, but yeah, really impressed with him. And I'm I am hopeful uh, because of RSL situation. So I, I don't know about a prediction, but maybe maybe one nothing, maybe one maybe one one draw. Probably, I think it's going to be low scoring. I don't see where where we're going to get the offense, but I I do know we're really focused on. At least we I don't know, but I believe that we should be very focused on putting a, a ball in a net. We can't just have yeah. goals in one game. I'm going to do the opposite of you. I'm going to go three nothing Sounders. I think Leo Chu is going to get a goal. I think Bruins going to get a goal, and then we're going to see another goal from you know like a. Uh, one of the rolled on brothers or, or defender on a header or something. Um, maybe even Kellen Rowe with another goal, but I, I, I think for him, by the way, yeah, I think this is a team that, you know, they have a strong defense. They aren't really going to challenge us much up front unless we make stupid mistakes, even though they do have good players. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're star they're strikers older. So 32. And we know, you know what that means. Once you start, once you start hitting those thirties, you become an old man. So, yeah, I uh, certainly wouldn't be able to score out there. That's for sure. <laughs> so you're saying three, three nothing, huh? And I'll I'll go with a win as well. I'll, but I'll go with my low score, one nothing. Yeah, and I'm gonna I like go the three shutouts from both of us. Yeah, I think I think it's the Sounders are probably a little embarrassed from that uh, one nothing loss. Um, you know, they, they were not goal dangerous, and they let in a sloppy goal. And it, and honestly, is to say Nashville is the first time they've ever played us too. So yeah, uh, we want to beat the, a team that plays us for the very first time. Welcome, welcome to the Western Conference. Welcome to the league. Whatever, whatever it is, we want to beat them because we're the Sounders. So yeah, but I'm glad. Uh, I'm happy that we're both uh, on the winning side of it. But I'm probably always yeah. going to root Sounders. I'll be realistic uh, in terms of score lines, but I, I, we should win every game. Unless there's some ex, some crazy circumstances, like right, like I would not have picked us to win the Austin game last year, where we were starting four teenagers. I'm sorry, but there, I would not have. But mm-hmm. we won. Oh, we did. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, let's talk about our little pick'em league before we yeah. take this into port. Um, we're doing a pick'em league, so we have some players. Let's let me pull up the uh, some interesting stats here. So, 100 percent of a all the players picked the Seattle Sounders to beat Nashville. So everyone got that wrong. Um, but let me go down our, our rankings here. There we go. In first place, everyone will be able to pick this person out. Jackson's lovable losers with 10 points. So we got 10 correct picks out of, so there's 34 teams. They all played. So that's 17 that's out of 17. There you go. Something Bruin with nine mm. points. I want some tacos. I need a haircut with eight points. So we're at 10, 9, 8, and then it drops off here. <laughs> the team Judders with five, tied with team Parsnips. And then your president here, Seattle Grendels. Where's, where's, so what, tell me about that. Seattle Grendels, where are you getting that? Mr. Well, Paul Grendels Boyd. is my, Grendel is my DJ name and has been since 1999 and has been uh, like the source of, I used to go out and DJ at clubs and stuff like that. And so it's my own personal trademark for audio and visual audio visual services. So all my filmmaking and stuff that oh, cool. including the documentary I'm about to direct is under the moniker Grendel. What did, where did, where did that come from before? Why did uh, 
you know, I mean, I think originally like I was I was interested in like Beowulf, um, which fights Grendel's mother. But then also there was a comic book that came out called Grendel, which I actually have the eyes of Grendel tattooed on my body, on my arm right here. So uh, hmm. I've just since I was 12, I've been obsessed with that comic book. And so even though I'm not a big comic book guy. Uh, despite having two comic book tattoos somehow, uh, I, I, I've got into comic books later in life, in my, in my 30s. So I was not much when I was little, but I, I was way into Grendel. So um, that's been kind of like the consistent. So when I had to pick a DJ name my freshman year of college in 1999, I chose Grendel. And then it's just been kind of like my, my synonymous with me and like my personal trademark since then. Let me follow that up with uh, my team name, which is the name that I picked for all of my fantasy teams. So Poop Dollar is pulling up the rear here. (laughs) Don't have a cool story. Definitely don't have a turd tattooed on me either. But I did get that from uh, Workaholics um, a number of years ago. Yeah, when they put poop on a dollar and put it up. (laughs) Anyway, someone picks it up and then they yell Poop Dollar. But yeah, four points for the both of us. Yours truly's. But... We're also not in contention for the hundred dollars. Not that I would actually try to get the correct picks, but it might be a good thing that we're uh, not muddling the mudding, muddling, meddling, mud, mudding the waters. Okay, does that sound right? Yeah, sure. Okay, we're not we're we're not making those waters dirty. I can't I can't see the red squiggly line under the words I say to tell me if when I'm we're pulling it when we're pulling it into port, the waters are pristine and clean. What? They're not muddied. Oh, okay. <laughs> muddied. Okay. So anyway, we we're not mudding. I'm not even going to start that anymore. Jackson something and tacos and haircut guy. 10, 9, and 8. I'm not going to say their real names. But they are pulling up. They're in the front. So um, it's not too late, obviously. We played one week out of 30. I think it's 34 seasons. Earth seasons. Weeks, right? Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. plenty of time. Legit $100, even though this is just a silly little fun pick league that we made uh, for this podcast show and in our Twitter. Um, legit money, free to play. So uh, look at the contact link in the show description if you want to play with us. Uh, put a fun name out there about poop is probably as, uh, how do you say it? Vulgar as we want to put these names so we can PG-13, say them on PG-13, friends. PG-13. PG-13, right? Just so we can say your name on on here, because uh, we'll do it every time, and we'll post them up on, on Twitter after. Usually, I'll try to do it on. I'll try to get it done on Sunday night, but depending on you know, like we had a match on Sunday, I didn't really want to do anything sounder related right after that match. So, um, mm. but usually Sunday night or, or Monday, I will uh, post the the team points, the leaders up on Twitter, and uh, listen into the show to to hear us talk about it. We get some interesting picks or results um maybe next time we'll actually run through some of the bigger results but i think we're a little past that at this point and i think we could probably pull it into port but what do you think any 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 in, anything interesting from the pick'em i struggle with pick'ems uh i think i know one person that's in our pick'ems and i won't say who they are they're not in first place but they're near the top uh is a uh very very good gambler and, and bases Uh-oh. most things off of like looking at lines and actual statistics of play and stuff like that. And then you've got me who just goes like, 
I feel like Dallas isn't very good. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. And I, I mean, like, I, I follow the league enough, I feel, but okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we're not putting money in it if we got guy checking line, the lines. Yeah, you know, if good people are going to be good. I, uh, I got, I got destroyed in the Alliance Council pick we did last year, so I'm not taking part in that this year. I, I'd much rather do the much more popular and uh, amazing scuttlebutt pick that we're doing. Oh, known the world over with all eight participants. So come on in, people. <laughs> we're having fun. Plenty of time. 33 more weeks in. Uh, I say it in the, the, the description, the details that I'll email to anyone that turns in a contact form. Uh, again, down in the show description. But um, we'll be, if you're coming in late to, like, later in the season, if you're not going to do it right now, we'll probably do some, like, bonus questions, p- predict a score line or something like that to kind of get the newbies brought up. But anyway, it's kind of a fun thing to do once a week while you're sitting on the toilet and then listening to the show to find out how things go. All right. Yeah. It's been fun, Cameron. Uh, put, pull this into port for us, will you? Yeah, I am Cameron Collins. You can get me on Twitter and Instagram at Legal Minded Punk. And Aaron, where can they find you? At A A R O N L I N G L E Y. My name, Aaron Lingley. That's right. And we will see everybody next time. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? The Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and irrefutably the best MLS team of all time.